Howdy! Welcome to another week of Canon Calls. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that for a very limited time only, Douglas Wilson's Man Rampant is available worldwide. If you go to canonpress.com slash manrampant, you will find that there is a quarantine special on Man Rampant that is available worldwide. Additionally, at canonpress.com from March 30th through April 3rd, we are having the spring sale. Everything's 20% off. For every order that reaches $50, you will get a free copy of N.D. Wilson's satire of the Left Behind series called Right Behind for free. Additionally, for every order that you spend $100, you will get free shipping. So, run, don't walk. The Canon Press sale at canonpress.com. And additionally, if you live outside of the country and you can't access Man Rampant on Amazon Prime, you can get it now at canonpress.com slash manrampant. Okay, welcome to another episode of Canon Calls. Special guest, Brian Phillips, returns to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming back, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, listen, man, since we've talked, you released the Dante Canon Classic. Or we, yeah, we all released. Yeah. I guess we, in partnership, released it. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I'm always wanting to give Canon Classics as much shine as possible. I think it's probably one of our more underrated things that we have going on at Canon Press. So what I wanted to do is have you on to talk about Dante. And then if we could, we kind of hinted at it last time you were here. You've been doing some EMS stuff. You're saving lives and, and doing various other things. So I'd love to talk to you about some of that. Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, sweet. So, okay, who is Dante? And, and then should I, should I also care? I mean, Dante was, uh, was one of the greatest poets in the history of the world. Um, and I, I think you should care about that, uh, sure. particularly as Christians. I think we should be interested in what Dante did um, in his The Divine Comedy, um, because even though there are, uh, I mean, it, it takes a while to, to get used to reading Dante, you know, and it, it can take a while to sort of dig into it. There's a lot of a lot of people find some obstacles there and what he wrote, you know, is very, um, very contextualized. I mean, there's a lot of his political enemies, his, uh, his, you know, lifelong friends and, and, and people that, uh, lived through the same political circumstances he did that are mentioned in his work, but, uh, we shouldn't let that deter us from, from paying attention to, to what he has to say. So, uh, the the world the guide that I wrote was just on the inferno of okay. course you know the divine comedies in three parts uh, the inferno the purgatorio and paradiso so he it's this journey through hell purgatory and then into heaven so yeah I mean there there's a whole lot there worth looking into so one thing I remember in college when I went through it um, I remember having the feeling of uh, it was like one big throwback to all the Greeks. Like we had just worked our way all through that. And then it was like one big happy reunion. 
Yeah, yeah. There's harpies. Hey, there's uh, there's you know all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and he, you encounter a lot of the um, a lot of the heroes and the villains from the Greeks and the Romans. Um, Dante, as an Italian, I mean, he was from Florence. He he seems to, you know, favor the Romans far more than the Greeks. Um, right. You know, for example, he puts um, Odysseus or Ulysses in hell, um, and he puts him in the circle of the traitors. You know, the the deceivers. Right. I should say. Um, you know, because the he came up with the the plot for the Trojan horse, as we call it, um, and so. You know, that leads to interesting discussions about the of deception and warfare and so on. But uh, yeah, he there there is kind of a reunion of those characters. And um, in fact, Dante in the first circle of hell meets some of the greatest minds of the the Greco-Roman world uh, and the great poets, um, Homer um Virgil is his guide of course so he's already with for uh Ovid Horace Lucan and, and then Ver, uh, uh Dante t- says that they invited him to join their band so it is sort of sort of seems like Dante's um Dante's humility needed some work right um <laughs> he's like I'm joined with the greatest poets in the history of the world and they said hey you belong with us right you know, join our band um but then of course in all fairness, um, I think most of us would put him in the top three anyway. So, um, come to find out he wasn't wrong, but, right. but still it's better when someone else says it. Right. Right. What a Babe Ruth moment, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So when you set out to write the guide, so for those that don't know, Canon is doing, uh, essentially we started with the top 100 classics and, uh, our in-house illustrator Forrest Dickinson gave everything a brand new, beautiful cover. We're reprinting um, the the classic itself, and then we're adding in uh, folks, teachers, classical de- uh, teachers, to uh, basically give a guide. So when you sat down to do the Inferno guide, what did you have in mind in terms of like what is this about? What is what is Dante up to? Right. Yeah, I, I think what stands out to me as important is that that Dante is describing the journey of the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though we may not agree with everything and how he depicts it, um, it it's clearly intended as as a um, as an extension of those those same journeys through Hades, those journeys through the the afterlife, but from a, a Christian perspective. And and Dante was was uh, Catholic, um, and so again, you know, depending on the reader, if you're a Protestant going into Dante's work, then obviously you're going to run into some things that you're like, oh, I don't know about that, but that shouldn't deter us from what he's really describing. I mean, in the Iliad and the Odyssey, the Aeneid, there are these, um, well, in the Odyssey, the Aeneid in particular, there are these journeys through Hades, um, that are very revealing. And so when Dante steps in to do that same thing, it's really important that we notice the contrast there, hmm. right? Dante is not describing his own heroic journey, you know, to win glory for himself, even though his pride does play in, you know, and I'm top six poet, you know, and all that. But in the bigger picture, he's describing the journey of the soul. He starts through hell and, and, and it's really serving as a warning, 
look, this is where your sin takes you, right? This, um, and then as he ascends back out into purgatory and he's going up the mountain of purgatory, um, he has a mark on his head for each of the seven deadly sins. And as he ascends, he's going through this, this um, travail, this difficult journey, and the sins are taken away, you know, marked off, so to speak. And he notices that his soul becomes lighter as his sin is removed. Mm. Um, so there's a, I mean, there's a lot there to consider um, and his longing for heaven and realizing that, you know, it's his sin, it's his lack of repentance that's keeping him from where he wants to go from where his song, his soul longs to go. And uh, so I, I think that there's a lot there that, as Christians, we need to really pay attention to and that we can learn from, even even if we might, you know, uh, word it differently um, and view it differently, we can still we can still learn a great deal from it. So I think in writing the guide, my big concern was trying to help readers see the value of this work um, and how it, it really can teach us a lot of things that we tend to overlook because he depicts sin in such a real physical, deadly kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. I think the real, the real issue with Dante um, is that in reading the Inferno, in particular the Inferno, because that's, that's the, the one of the three right. parts of the comedy that I, that I wrote about, um, the Inferno forces you to come to terms with how ugly sin actually is. Um, and he, he does depict, uh, some pretty gruesome punishment there. Um, but he's very honest about what sin does to you. And so he's essentially taking what sin does to the soul and putting it into a very physical picture. Love it. And, and I think that that depiction is so unforgettable that it's hard to read Dante seriously and to walk away and not see your own sin in a, in a very different light, a more serious light. And I think that that's certainly worth the time, even if you get, even if you got nothing else out of it, that's worth the time. Definitely an, edif an edifying task and uh, probably something definitely sounds like everybody could use maybe a dose of that. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're, we don't have you slotted for the other two. Um, no, not at this point. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Well, sweet man. Well, listen, we almost teased it last time. Currently, you're you're a pastor, mm -hmm. and you do some teaching over at Cersei. Yep. And then, what are you doing now? You're like, uh, you're you're saving lives. Yeah, I also I also work um, as an EMT for our our county EMS. Um, so uh, yeah, nine one one agency. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it should be noted that it was last year. I think it was last year in Atlanta. We were there at ACCS, yeah, yeah. and uh, I w we were I was at my booth at the Canon booth spinning the plates, and then suddenly Brian sprints past me with a bag and everything. And I thought, I wonder if he would move that fast if something were to happen to me. Uh, right? Didn't that happen? Well, yeah. I was, I was at the, you were at the booth for Canon Press, and uh, I was at the booth for 
um, Cersei yeah. and, um, it was, uh, I think it was actually Daniel Fukashan from Roman roads. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, came up to me and said, Brian, you know, there's a lady who, who passed out over here near our booth. Uh, can you come help her? And we had, we had driven to that conference. So I had my, my medical bag with me. Um, and actually I just, I kind of threw it into our, our van because I didn't want to leave it in the, in my car, uh, because, um, you know, one, it was, it was what July. So I knew the medications in there probably that wouldn't be best for them. So I just carried it along as an afterthought. And that was the last day of the conference. So my medical bag was actually downstairs at the booth because, um, because we were checking out that day. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So, so my coworker, Brandon brought the bag over. Yeah. And I, I, I would, I would move at an appropriate speed. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, good. Uh, okay. So how's it been? You were, you were on shift yesterday, correct? Mm -hmm. So we're, we're obviously in interesting times. I mentioned last week, we had a really great episode with, uh, Dr. Story, who's in town here in Moscow sort of giving uh, some basic rudimentary advice. Um, what uh, What's life like out there? You're in North Carolina? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what's what's life like over there? Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's tricky right now. It is. Um, if I told you that I wasn't nervous, uh, you know, working EMS yeah. at a time like this, I'd be lying. Sure. Um, it is something that, that we have to take seriously. Um, you know, at the same time, I think it's, it's been particularly difficult because, um, there's so much conflicting information out there. Uh, and it's hard to know what's the true picture of what's really going on. Um, and so I, I think, I think it is important for people to, to be careful. Um, you know, don't take unnecessary risks and and all of that but from from a uh, perspective of ems um you know it is kind of at a point at least i'll just speak for myself that when when the radio goes off and you know that your truck is being dispatched you do kind of hold your breath you know um every time the radio goes off and i'm dispatched to something that's not a you know coronavirus type call it, right. there is a a bit of relief, you know, sure. and, um, and there's part of me, you know, as a, particularly as a Christian, as a pastor, I feel bad when I hear, you know, old, you know, it's an overdose and I'm like, Phew, thank, you know, sure. thank the Lord. Sure. But, but that's, it is the way it is. It's just kind of what we're going through right now. This is a good opportunity for Christians to really learn how to live what we say we believe, you know, um, we we claim to believe in the sovereignty of God. You know, we pray that God will help us to to trust Him, to be faithful, to be consistent, um, in even in the face of very difficult circumstances. And this is a good opportunity to live it out. You know, um, it's not fun, but it is a good opportunity to live it out. And um, so, my prayer is that as a Christian in EMS, which can be you know a rough world at times um that the lord will give me the grace to be faithful and to be consistent so that 
you know, God will use this tragedy to bring a lot of people to himself. And you mentioned right there that the EMS world can can be a darker world, whether there's a virus uh, pandemic going on or not. Uh, My dad has done uh, EMS firefighter stuff for most of my whole life. So definitely familiar with with that side of it. What uh, what would make a pastor teaching the classics uh, in his spare time want to do something like that? Hmm. Well, I mean, for me, it's something I always wanted to work in emergency medicine. you know, the, the reader's digest version, you know, um, I won't, I won't start exactly at my birth. Sure. But um, if you need to take your time, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I mean, from, from the, as long as I can remember, I wanted to work in emergency medicine. I just always did. And, um, you know, the plan was, I was going to go into the military as a combat medic and, you know, come out and then let, let them help pay for medical school. And uh, I always jokingly say God ruined my plans and I ended up being called into pastoral ministry. So, um, but a couple of years ago, I was, I was contacted by um, an army recruiter about coming in as a chaplain. And it sort of just brought back those, those old goals, you know, those, um, those things that I wanted to do, you know, as my wife and I and the elders and I prayed about it, you know, we all kind of had this sense that, um, that's maybe not the path for it, but, um, that's what led me to EMT school. And, you know, so it was a way for me to kind of come back around. I did it backwards. Usually it's, it's when somebody hits their, their forties or so that they go back to seminary. So, you know, I went, I went into pastoral ministry first and then went into uh, <laughs> to the emergency stuff later. But, um, I think it, it's a good fit for a pastor. Um, the, the whole idea of a, of a a minister or a pastor being just a full-time pastor and nothing else is a, historically is a pretty novel concept. Um, it's, it's a new idea. I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, but if pastors can find opportunities to be involved in places where their community really needs help in some some of the most difficult situations, I think that's definitely something to consider. And, and I think I've been able to be at least, at least an ear for some people who normally would not have dreamed of, of seeking advice from a pastor. Um, and, and just being available for that, um, has been, has been well worth it. Um, not to mention, you know, the people that have, have serious medical issues or, you know, traumatic injuries or whatever that I'm able to help in the community too. So, um, I mean, obviously that's, that's all wonderful, but I ended up in it because, you know, something that I always wanted to do and there was, and and that desire really never left me. And then the Lord opened a door for me to be able to do that while, you know, continuing pastoral ministry. So as far as, you know, being banished home with the rest of us, you guys already homeschooled, right? Yeah, we did. Um, we've homeschooled from, from the beginning. Our oldest okay. is, she's about to turn 13. And um, so it's kind of funny. Um, I've, I've seen this, this idea sort of circulating on social media, but um, you know, when, when your normal state of life is described as quarantine, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't really, we're certainly not antisocial by any means. Um, but you know, as far as the day in, day out, Monday through Friday, it was kind of like, well, I mean, 
you know, the, the kids are like, I don't know what the big deal is, dad. I mean, we're, you know, I kind of like being home. Right. Right. Um, the biggest struggle for me. And I, I think, um, most, most Christians would certainly agree with this is that, um, I always knew that our congregation was a tight knit bunch. Okay. Uh, really, really close. And so this is, that's the part that's really stinging right now, you know, is, um, trying to figure out ways to stay in touch. And, you know, we've, we've been doing services via zoom. Okay. Um, cause we actually have, we have quite a few people in our congregation that work in healthcare. Okay. So, and in different systems, like different counties, different hospitals, different services. So, um, that was a particular, um, risk factor, I guess, that we had to keep in mind. So we've, we've been, um, meeting for, for worship online and, you know, in our church, you know, we're a CRAC congregation. So, um, we really value that coming together yep. and being together physically, you know, seeing each other, communing together, um, even having coffee and stuff after church, that was all really important. And so I think that this, this whole situation has highlighted to us just how valuable that really is. That's been the toughest part for us. As a veteran yourself, what are, what are some tips for folks like this is a brand new thing to them? Yeah. Well, particularly if you have kids and homeschooling is new to you, then I think my first piece of advice would be to try to, to try to get a routine, you know, set a schedule. Um, because what can happen is that you, you just end up sort of flailing around and, um, you know, you have to have routine. We all thrive on routine. It's nice to, it's nice to kind of get away from routine for a bit, but given that this is going to be a sort of a longer term thing, um, you know, as in like more than a weekend or a vacation or something, um, you really do have to set a schedule, you know, for the things that you need to accomplish. Um, and then, and then try to include within that schedule, some, some variety. Um, one of the things too is, and this is both speaking as a, a dad of homeschoolers and also from EMS perspective, I guess everyone's talking about staying home, but that doesn't mean staying inside. You really do need to get out in the sun. Um, you need to be outside. Um, it's, it's good for your immune system. It's good for how you're dealing with stress. And this is a stressful time for everyone. So um, yeah, definitely get outside. There's also tons and tons of stuff available now online for free. Oh, right. um, you know, I know, um, uh, I think Roman Rhodes is doing some some free classes or, or at least some really discounted classes yeah. Yeah. For, for kids who are, who are suddenly homeschooling, you know, and for even kids who are already homeschooling. But then, um, you know, the Searcy Institute, we're doing some morning time webinars every morning oh, wow. for free. You just, you can sign up for those and it's basically a time of, um, of prayer, scripture reading, and then whoever's leading that webinar will, will read a story. Um, and so it's like 30 minutes or so. So there are things that you can, you can get your kids involved in online. It's one of those times that technology is proving to be a real blessing as, as much as we often complain about it. Right. It's, it's a real, can be a real blessing right now. Right. So I know you're, you guys are probably doing a ton of free content. Like you mentioned, is there anything, yeah. is there anything you're teaching? Anything we can point folks to, to go see what you're doing? 
Yeah, well, personally, I'm I'm leading the morning time webinar tomorrow. Actually, okay, okay. So, um, this is going so up today, to... so this 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 will get to people in time. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I mean, if you go to uh, Cersei Institute's Facebook page, uh, you can find it there. Uh, you can also find a lot of the free stuff we're doing on CerseiInstitute.com. Um, there is a free webinar coming up about uh, teaching online. Uh, there's one on. Um, Oh, goodness, I forget the date, but it's coming up on um, just advice for homeschooling, you know, what what to do, what not to do. Okay. And then um, I've got one coming up at the end of April uh, on the Greek world. So it's kind of a history webinar that I'm doing. So, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. There's a bunch of literature webinars, too, for those who are are interested. Um, My friend Renee Mathis is doing a uh, literature webinar on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. It'd be, be good stuff. It might, it could end up being more like a documentary. I was going to say, yeah. Now, <laughs> when did you say your Greek world one was? That is on April 30th. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, that, that happens with or without any, you know, virus pandemic given that it's right. online. So right. everybody go check that out. And then that may be like the perfect prerequisite to then going to your Inferno guide. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Check out the Inferno guide too from, from Canon. And I really enjoyed writing it. So you know, anyone who reads it, I hope you enjoy it too. And I know our conversation's kind of gone all over the place in this podcast, like it usually does when you and I get together in person, <laughs> but uh, pray for the folks who are on the front lines of this thing. Um, it's certainly, it's certainly worse in some places than others. It's kind of uncertain times. It's not not a time to panic. Just a time to you know use good judgment and um, but pray for the people who are you know the the ER doctors, ER nurses, EMS. Um, you know the, these are these are people that uh, they have spouses and families and all that, and you know they're still in the midst of this uncertainty. You know, kind of right on the front lines of it. So remember yeah. to lift each other up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stay calm, wash your hands and yeah. uh, go. Which go. is I mean, that's good advice all the time. It really yeah. is. You know, <laughs> I mean, have you thought about, I've, I've just been considering how much Corona I've washed off my hands alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Buckets of it. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, stay calm, wash your hands and then go find some great classical content online from Brian, from us. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me.